listening to Shift, the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce podcast. As the catalyst for business success, convener of leaders and influencers, and champion for our thriving community, the Lakeland Chamber will bring you weekly conversations with those working to secure Lakeland's future. Here's your host, Lakeland Chamber President and CEO, Corey Skates. Hi, everyone. This is Chamber President and CEO Corey Skates, and thank you for joining us for another edition of Shift, the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce podcast. I am thrilled today to be joined by Joel Ivey, who is the General Manager of Lakeland Electric. How are you doing, Joel? I'm doing well, Corey. Thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate you coming in, especially under all the circumstances we're under right now as a community. Wanted to start off, as I do with most of our guests, and have you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Lakeland. All right. My favorite subject. (laughs) Coming up in July, I will be in in the electric utility business for about 37 years. And so kind of been there, done that, started out in Texas, spent the first 45 years of my life there, Mm -hmm. working, transferred to New Mexico. All of that was with the private sector. Mm -hmm. And then I joined the public sector when I moved to Southern California. And that was a that was a year and a half spent mm-hmm. at 50 feet below sea level, out in the <laughs> desert. And I was really happy when this job came along, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it worked out. And this has just been a great place to live for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of known, I guess, as a journeyman in the business. Mm-hmm. I've done almost every job outside of the power plants that there is to do. Wow. And just really enjoyed it, and I just can't think of a, another job that I'd rather have than this. So you've worked on the lines as well? Yep, I've climbed poles. I've Back in the early 1980s, I was doing door-to-door bill collections and getting chased by dogs <laughs> and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've done a lot of the, of the work there is to do. So I can tell from your accent a little bit, you may have grown up in Texas. I grew correct? up in Texas. I sure did. <laughs> sure did. Don't hold that against me. Yeah, so, what part of Texas? So as you look out towards El Paso. Okay. There's a little town called Pecos. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up. And when I turned 18, I tried to hit the road and get out of there, and, and the place would call me back a little bit. So I worked mm-hmm. at some in the oil fields. Oh, wow. Uh, Permian Basin hmm. out in that area. So got to do a lot of different things, and, and then I landed in the electricity business and haven't looked back. So you've been in the energy business, it seems like, probably pretty Almost much your forever. whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Almost forever. <laughs> when, I'm a second generation, too, Are so you it really? does feel like forever. Oh, wow. Your dad was yeah. working in it? Oh, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. So with everything that's been going on in terms of COVID-19, what type of new initiatives has Lakeland Electric established? It feels like we're having to do business in a brand new way Mm -hmm. uh, ever since uh, we started with the governor's sacred at home order. Mm -hmm. And so we've had uh, people out just like everybody has. We've been out on rotational basis. We're trying to keep our linemen uh, fresh and healthy so they can respond to emergencies uh, Mm -hmm. and power outages and things like that that come along. So We've had to put a lot of our uh, construction projects on hold, mm-hmm. pending uh, having enough manpower to work on those. So yeah. we've been rotating them out once a week. Our customer service reps, we've been rotating them out once a week. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to keep the staff to the point where they're going to be ready to respond. Right. Uh, we are starting to bring people back starting Monday the 18th. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the month, we sh- should have just about everybody back. Yeah. We're doing the same thing. We're, we're yeah. opening our offices back up to tourists and visitors on right. the 18th. So we, we, we suspended uh, service disconnections uh, mm-hmm. for non-pay. That's great. And we're going to be reinstituting that probably in mid-June. So we're trying to give everybody enough time to really get things figured out, mm-hmm. kind of get back on their feet, we hope. And then we'll, we'll institute a six-month recovery plan. Mm-hmm. We're hoping, I mean, we really want our businesses to be in business. Right. right? It, it doesn't behoove us to shut them down. Right. 
So we're going to try to work with everybody as much as we can. That's great. And you had some reductions in costs recently for consumers and for retail. Right. So there's a lot of projects, and I'll give you an example. We were looking to do some refurbishment in our main building here downtown, and, mm -hmm. and that was an easy one to punt for another day. Right. Uh, that was all, that was about $750,000 all by itself. Mm -hmm. So when we started accumulating all those kinds of things that we could cut back on, the non-essential type projects. Right. And then we're in a hiring freeze. Obviously, mm -hmm. you don't want to hire right now in a situation like that. So miscellaneous projects and things that we're doing, that's about uh, $4.4 million total. Wow. Now, that sounds great, but at the same time, we're projecting an under-recovery by the end of the fiscal year, so the end of September, of about $4.9 million. Mm. So we're still going to be operating in a deficit right. type arrangement. But we've got reserves. We can weather it. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not too afraid of that. However, we just want to make sure that we're budgeting properly and, and taking care of business for the customers. Yeah, and it's been great. The assistance you've been able to provide to our community has been very well received uh, Good. recently. Good. Uh, <laughs> we hear a lot about that. Nothing like high double-digit rate reductions. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's always good. <laughs> we're but, trying, to, trying to do our part. Yes, well, we appreciate that. So, Joel, when we see each other on the street, we always end up talking about misconceptions that are out there about Lakeland Electric. Would you mind sharing with our listeners some of those that you hear about on a regular basis? One of the biggest ones for me is, is just solar energy. Uh, yeah. I, mean, mm -hmm. I get hit a lot about why aren't we just going 100% solar energy. And, right. and the big reason is it's intermittent, it's variable, you don't know when it's going to be there, and mm -hmm. we have to build to supply reliable power 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. There's not any excuses for it just not being on the grid. Right. So while we like solar, it's not the end-all, be-all, mm -hmm. but we're trying to find ways to integrate it so that it could eventually get there. Right. Uh, There's just not the, the, the technologies like battery storage just aren't quite uh, where you want it to be price-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're working on that. We're installing more solar. We're installing batteries. We're doing the mm -hmm. kinds of things that we can and should do. Yeah, you've had some of those up by the airport, correct? Right. We've got a lot of solar panels up by the airport, and we've got one up in the northwest uh, mm -hmm. sector also. A pretty good size one. So the solar that we're adding will more than triple what we've got on uh -huh. the ground already. That's great. Yeah, it's a big investment. Yeah. Anything else in terms of misconceptions? Um, you know, we're we're not evil. We're not intentionally mean. <laughs> um, I know there's the notion that we're kind of a, a big source of cash and things like that, mm -hmm. and we are. But at the same time, we are because we need to have good credit ratings so that we right. can borrow tremendous amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we do, I'll talk a little bit in a minute, I hope, about the new generation projects that mm -hmm. we've got coming up. But well, that's well over $100 million that we have to borrow. Yeah. So you want to be in good standing with the credit rating agencies. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about that, about some of the new plans moving forward. I'm sure there's hardening plans for you know hurricanes, mm -hmm. be prepared for that, mm -hmm. as well as the new generation operations that you were just mentioning. Right. So we, we spend millions every year just on storm hardening mm -hmm. type projects. So anytime we upgrade a line, it, it's being storm hardened, mm -hmm. let's say. And we literally spend millions of dollars doing that every single year. So yeah. since the 2004 set of storms that came through, Mm -hmm. I think we spent well over $25, 30000000 million, something wow. like that. It's just a tremendous amount of money. Mm -hmm. So that's an ongoing thing that will never stop. Right. It's just a matter of you know, once you get all the way through the system, you start over and redo that again. <laughs> kind of like the roads. <laughs> right. So the other piece, which is big for us, is our generation assets. They've been old for a good long time, and we've known it. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've also been in a situation where we needed to get our debt to a position to where we could then make a new investment like this. Right. So we're carrying about $350 million in debt. That's not unusual for an organization our size. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it's very good uh, the way it's situated now. So we're to the point now where we can make another investment. Our coal generator is vintage mid-1980s. Wow. It's time. Mm -hmm. 
and so we're making plans to replace that we've been in partnership with the orlando utilities for that generator forever Mm -hmm. and they're fine with us moving forward with this part of the project they're they're not interested in participating because they're trying to go in a different direction themselves right so we don't really need to replace the full amount of that generation capability Mm. and so that's going to save us a little bit of money we're going to get modern type technology put in place that'll complement the solar that we're adding also And I'm excited about it. I mean, I think that's going to put us in a good situation to be ready for other future investments that come along. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just a minor blip in terms of what it costs and, right. and our rates. Is that a coal generator out there? It, is that Unit gas? 3 is a coal. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's our coal generator. And you can imagine the amount of process that's required to keep that generator running. Oh, yeah. With the trains shipping in coal, mm-hmm. uh, just got to have people on the ground that maneuver the coal from one place to another to get it right. onto the to the belts and get it up to the plant. And, mm-hmm. and it's just a, it's a lot of people that are involved with that. Yeah. Have you seen any supply chain issues in terms of getting you what you need? Not really in terms of generating electricity. The oil fields are kind of in a strange place right now. Yeah. So we're watching what the prices do. There's been an absolute glut when it comes to oil and natural gas, and mm-hmm. so the prices are just through the floor. They're just, it's almost free, it seems like. Right. So it's a good time to be, you know, a paying customer right. <laughs> for an electric utility, but we also don't think that's going to uh, live forever because the operating companies out there in the, in the oil fields, they've got to make their money too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Talk about underground utilities. I mean, we always hear, you know, why are those lines up there? Why mm-hmm. aren't they underground? Is there anything we should know about that? That seems to be a misconception, you know, yeah, when okay. I talk to people. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so underground utilities are great. We love them. Uh, just about any new construction that we do, particularly in subdivisions and whatnot, goes mm-hmm. in underground. But the the cost differential is where the rub comes in. So right. if you have overhead utilities and, and, and we're thinking if we want to put it underground, it would cost us about five times as much mm-hmm. to do that initial investment. And that's right. why we just don't go crazy and start putting everything underground. It just costs too much money. I mean, in the long run, it's, pro- it's probably better. In the short run, it's just so prohibitively cost expensive, it's just hard to do. Right. But it's good to be able to do it when you've got a new development yeah. coming online because you Absolutely. can do it all at once. So that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense, especially mm-hmm. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so we have some winds that blow through yeah, here. And every, trees and that kind of stuff. Every, so. Absolutely. So once again, we're pleased to be joined by Joel Ivey, the general manager of Lakeland Electric. Joel, next question is about the role of the utilities committee. I know the chamber has a representative on that committee, but I just wanted you to go into a little bit more detail about what that all entails. Yeah, so the utility committee was created several years back, and then it was revamped a couple of times along the way. But I think about 2004, it kind of hit a steady state point Mm -hmm. to where it is right now. We got really good representation from inside and outside the city limits uh, because we serve 60% outside the city limits. We've got to make right. sure there's representation. Mm-hmm. So we have two members right now representing outside city limits people. This is a policy board. Right. They are there to direct us and make sure that we're doing the right things by policy or help us create policy that can get us to that point. Right. Uh, we also run uh, larger projects by them and looking for approval and feedback. And, you know, they'll occasionally shut us down if they don't think that we're going in the right direction, mm-hmm. which has happened a couple of times since I've been here. So it's it's very meaningful to have that kind of voice of the people mm-hmm. sitting up there at, on the dais like that. They work with the city commission. So in total, there's 13. So the seven city commissioners and the mayor mm-hmm. and then six on the utility committee. Right. They represent all different uh, types of constituents that uh, we have, and like your member mm-hmm. is on there as well so it's a good arrangement i like the feedback that we get from them it's a lot of very smart very well-intending people Mm -hmm. that just want to see us do well right and that ultimately just benefits the consumers and so we're happy to have that work out 
Yeah, and I know our community is very passionate about Lakeland Electric and that it's a city asset. Yep. And uh, I think a lot of people in this past year have, have showed that they want it to remain that yep, way. That's good. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Talk a little bit about the Lakeland Electric Advisory Panel. I know that's something I've been fortunate to mm-hmm. serve on. I think it's a great asset to be able to have some of our larger economic development organizations and, mm-hmm. and retail and manufacturing groups represented on that as well. Yeah, so we it's, it's kind of an ad hoc advisory panel that we created, and it struck me when I first got here, because we will have conversations at utility committee, it may or may not make the newspaper, because it may or may not be that big of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. And so it struck me that it's almost impossible to get the word out to people, because we can talk to a single person or a group of people, a homeowners association or something mm-hmm. like that, and they, they say, well, why aren't you telling anybody this? Well, we are. We're screaming it from the mountaintops. Right. We're just not hitting enough media outlets and mm-hmm. getting the word out well enough. So the advisory panel was an attempt to get one more set of ears and advisement back. Mm-hmm. So we understand what you're doing and we hate it, or we understand what right. you're doing, go forward and conquer. That's what we're looking for with that. And then ultimately, if you have enough people that uh, understand what it is you're doing and why you're doing it, then you can eventually have ambassadors of sorts. Mm-hmm. And they can tell the good story, the bad story, whatever it is that needs to be told. Right. But there were just pe- there's too many people people that just aren't actually getting our message. So we're taking any steps we can, including a uh, customer academy, by the way. Oh, wow, that's great. Just trying to get people up to speed on the things, what we're thinking, where Mm -hmm. we're at in space and time, and looking for people that can help us tell that story. Yeah, and that was one of the big reasons I wanted to have you come in and talk today was because I know that that has been a difficult thing to be able Mm -hmm. to get the message out there, to get people to understand, to get past some of those misconceptions about what's going on, that you're not this big evil tower sitting there on- At least not on purpose. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I've really been impressed with the individuals I've had an opportunity to serve with on that. So I appreciate being asked and being able to be a voice for the business community. Well, having the chamber engaged is is critically important to us. Well, we appreciate it. One of the questions we've been asking all of our guests is, what have you missed most since the COVID-19 pandemic has set in? Is there anything in particular that you miss doing with your family or just on your own? I bet I'm going to say something that you've heard a lot, and that's getting <laughs> to go out to eat to the restaurant. Yeah, that's been you know? one. Yeah. Now, now, we have been ordering out a lot and, and picking up or having it delivered with DoorDash or something. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do our part, but man, I miss just going to the restaurants and sitting down and having a leisurely meal. Yeah. You know, just enjoying the, the wait staff and just the interactions with people and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, me and my wife are good company for each other, but, you know, come on. <laughs> I think she's ready to, to send me packing. Yeah, I, I hear that, too. <laughs> my daughters as well. I think they're, right. they're along the same lines in terms right. of, Dad, you got to go back to the office. Once your office opens into the public right, again, right, you got to right. get out of here. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly a different world out there, and it's uh, yeah. good to see our restaurants opening back up and our, right. our retail opening back up. So I'm encouraged. I'm hoping that this is going to mm-hmm. be that rebound we're looking for. And yeah. uh, we just launched our reopening. Open Lakeland Task Force this past week mm-hmm. and been getting some good insights. So you'll be hearing more about that. And if you have any comments you want us to share with that group, you know, be okay. sure to let me know. All right. uh, anything else you want to share with our listeners just in terms of what you all got going on? Well, you know, we, we do have some big things coming up and we want everybody to be well advised on what we're doing. You're going to be hearing about us wanting to borrow $110 million coming up. Well, that mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, but mm-hmm. we know how to manage that that right. much. And, and we're right now the interest rates are just really, really good. And as long as we can remain in good shape, credit worthy, yeah. uh, we're going to be able to get that for a good price on interest rates, what mm-hmm. I mean. And I, and I think our future is just, you know, pardon the pun, but I think it's very bright. I think mm-hmm. we're sitting in a really <laughs> good spot right now. So what would you be using those funds for? 
We're going to be buying uh, natural gas-based uh, generators. These are internal combustion engines, uh-huh. so this is the same technology as a car engine or something. We'll stack these up in a train, and you can run as many as you want or, or as few as you want. They're fast-reacting, and they can follow and, and work with solar a lot better than anything else that we have on the ground. That's great. So we're really excited about bringing that technology in. Very good. Once again, I wanted to take this opportunity to thank Joel Ivey, the General Manager of Lakeland Electric, for joining us today on the podcast. And stay tuned for a few messages from your chamber. Hi everyone, Chamber President and CEO Corey Skates here once again, and I just wanted to take this opportunity to update you on the Reopen Lakeland Task Force, which was actually launched just this past Friday. At a recent meeting of the Chamber Board of Directors, the board came up with the concept of creating a Reopen Lakeland Task Force in partnership with the City of Lakeland with the hopes of establishing a framework for reopening our businesses with safety at the core. The task force is made up of 36 individuals, all representing different segments of our community. Our goal is to have a diverse cross-section of our community represented so that we could get differing views as it related to reopening our community in a safe and responsible way. The task force is being chaired by our mayor, Bill Mutz, with facilitation being handled by Dr. Craig Collins from Southeastern University. During the first meeting, conversations concentrated on the health and wellness of our community. Representatives from Lakeland Regional Health and Watson Clinic touched on topics related to PPE, wearing masks, and other health-related issues. The conversation regarding mask wearing in our community and how to make it a regular practice resulted in the formation of a marketing committee who will be tasked with getting the word out about the work of the task force. To stay up to date on the work of the task force, visit us at lakelandchamber.com And at the top of the page, you will see a large banner that you can click on to access the Reopen Lakeland Task Force portal. At the portal, you will find information from resources such as the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce, the City of Lakeland, Polk County, the State of Florida, and the Florida Chamber of Commerce, which includes information in support of business as well as individuals. There is also an opportunity on that page to click in order to submit a question or comment to be considered by the task force. We appreciate the feedback from the community and we'll be updating the portal as the task force moves forward. A few other items I wanted to update you on on behalf of the chamber are some events that we have coming up. Our Good Day Lakeland events, sponsored by our friends at Suncoast Credit Union, will continue in a virtual format for the next couple months. However, by July, we are hoping to be back to -to face-to-face meetings because we are looking forward to hosting Stephen Placey of Rock Your Business for another opportunity for speed networking. Once again, be sure to go to lakelandchamber.com for updates on these events. Business After Hours events, which have been done virtually most recently, will continue to be done so in a virtual format throughout the summer. Other events we have coming up this year include the Mid-Year Economic Forecast, brought to you by our friends at CPS Investment Advisors, as well as the Athena Awards, which recognizes local professional businesswomen, which is sponsored by the Junior League of Greater Lakeland. A new event that we have coming up this year, and most appropriate considering our current circumstances as a society, are the Healthies Awards, presented by Watson Clinic. We will be recognizing healthcare professionals for all the tremendous work that they do in our communities each and every day. Later in the fall, we look forward to hosting our annual barbecue, where you, as a business owner, can contribute to a local nonprofit or supply lunch for your clients or your loyal employees. Another event we look forward to hosting in the fall 
in lieu of our legislative wrap-up breakfast, which was unfortunately postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, will be a legislative preview event. Stay tuned for more information. Finally, as always, we round out our year with our annual Chamber Golf Scramble. Once again, we appreciate you allowing us to be your partners in business, and I look forward to seeing you soon, hopefully in person, but if not, on an upcoming Zoom meeting. And please join us next week for another episode of SHIFT. Thank you for listening to SHIFT, the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. For past episodes of SHIFT and additional information about what's happening in our business community, visit us at lakelandchamber.com.